Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Snooker Scene Podcast. This week, it's uh, looking at amateur snooker. This uh, tournament that's been going for a few years, the Snooker Backer Classic, which, of course, is linked to the Snooker Backer website. And uh, Mr. Snooker Backer himself, Tim, joins me for this edition of the podcast. And before we get into the tournament, Tim, I thought we'd just talk about your snooker background, because you were a fan in the, the so-called golden era, weren't you, of the 1980s? I was indeed. I am that old. Um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for inviting me, first of all. Dave. No problem. I feel like I've made it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was a big fan. Um, like I think I started watching about 1980 when I went to 10. Um, and I remember vividly these matches and sort of videotaping them, taking over the family telly with the videotapes. And when it wasn't on, I was watching a video of it and I had a table in the back, like millions, you know, hmm. hundreds of thousands of other kids. You know, I was very similar to them. And what was it about snooker? This, in a way, is a question no one quite knows the answer to, but what, why that sport in particular, do you think, attracted you? Because I was rubbish at everything else. <laughs> um, so uh, it was, you know, I tried my hands at a lot of things like doing school. Um, for some reason, I was very good at throwing a cricket ball, but that was about it. So I thought, that's not really going to get me anywhere. So I, I sort of switched on to snooker. And I just, you know, it, it's like anyone will say, you just immediately fall for it. It's something about the game just mesmerises you, you know. We're talking here the era of Davis, Alex Higgins, Jimmy White, etc., etc. Who who were your favourite players? Oh, Jimmy was my hero. Mm. He was like I could identify with him because I was from a similar background to him. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I just idolised him. I, I, you know, I even got to the point where I cried when he lost once. Right. When Davis beat him in '84, I, I I was inconsolable. Mm. But uh, yeah. I, I love Kirk Stevens as well, you know, so I love all the Canadian players, even Paul Ben, I love him as well. Yeah. Not easy being a Jimmy fan, let's let's be honest, a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, um, mostly downwards. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had his great moments, didn't he? But um, there was a lot of disappointments, and um, you know, uh, although I, I, I slightly know Stephen Hendry now, I'm, I'm still, you know, I still like to give him a dig. And you played a bit yourself. What, what was your sort of standard? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up with a gang of us in Liverpool, including Rod Lawler. Um, and we used to sort of travel around together. We kind of 
we're kind of teammates, if you like, because we, we all have a little team together. Um, I, I, I've made a couple of 147s, actually, but the last one was uh, 24 years ago, so I'm a bit rusty. All right, well, that's a bit, uh, not anyone can say that, though, in fairness. No, I suppose, I suppose not, but um, I, I, I could never do it now. But um, Yeah, we, we had a great time, but I was, I was never dedicated enough. I, I got bored very easily in practice. I couldn't play on my own, so, you know, all those things happened, but it just wasn't going anywhere, really. But you played in, like, the Pontins Festival, I think I'm right in saying, and things yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to the semis of the junior one year, um, and uh, I played Henry, actually, one year, and he beat me 2-1. Right. Another reason I want to give him a dig. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah well, I mean, I was like, one of those sat in the, 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 the huge ballroom there and got on the, on the sort of Saturday night, I think it was, and there's thousands and thousands of name, names in the hat. Um, fantastic days, loved it, yeah. Mm. So, fast forward to sort of the last few years. Obviously, you, you set up your website. What was the what was the idea behind that? I mean, had you remained a snooker fan all that time? Um, no, I, I'd sort of dipped in and out of it. Really, I'd, sort of when when Jimmy lost his last final, hmm. I thought oh, I've had enough of this. I always used to, I always watched the World Championships, but I wasn't an avid fan. Um, I can't really, you know, I really can't remember why I started it. It was it was kind of because I, I, I've been betting on it a bit on Betfair and there's a, there used to be a really lively forum on Betfair and a couple of the people on there were saying that I should, that I should do it because they enjoyed the kind of previews that I was doing mm. on there so I just I just decided to do it and it, it wasn't, there wasn't really any grand plan behind it at all. Mm. But well one thing about it though is you, obviously it's tar- it was targeted towards sort of betting and, and sort of giving tips and so on that's obviously something that you were interested in. Yeah I mean I, I think it was the right thing more than anything to me I mean mm. the, Side, but it did become the main focus because, um, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, that was the side of it that made me some money as well. So, mm. uh, but I've always enjoyed the writing a lot more. Um, you know, that, that's 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 what I what I continue to do it for, really. But I'm right, right in saying I think that Neil Robertson's victory in the World Championship basically paid for your wedding. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've done your research, eh? Oh, listen, listen, I'm, this is not just thrown together, you know. <laughs> Okay, so you, so you were writing the website and it became quite popular, and and, and then from from somewhere you set up your own tournament. Well, how did that happen? Um, I, I, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I sat up in bed one day and I think I had a dream about something, and <laughs> I just said to the missus, "I'm going to set up the UK's biggest amateur snooker tournament." She just rolled her eyes because she knows when I say something mm. like that, I'm probably going to end up doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I just I made a few phone calls. I got, I got advice from you, I think, at the time. Mm. I got advice from Don't blame me for it. Um, and you know, thankfully, you know, I got a lot of backing from from various influential people in snooker, and I managed to just get the word out there. I mean, I used to organise tournaments when I was at school between with friends, so it's always been something I've wanted to have a have a go at. You know, I've always been interested in promotion, and in my real life, you know, I'm, I'm kind of you know, I'm into kind of marketing and promotion and things like that. So I thought, you know, see what I can do with it and see see how it grows, and you know, boy, it's grown a bit, you know. But that's the thing, though. It's one thing to have an idea, but then if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. So how did you literally start? I mean, did you start contacting players or, or sort of venues or whatever? And did, and did you have in your mind the plan of exactly how it would work? No. Um, I had a format that, mm. that I thought would work, um, but I, would, I wasn't obviously confident that I would get all the players, so I, I was quite cautious in the first year, mm. uh, limiting numbers and things like that, and to, just, just to, to, to get the facade that it was in high demand, if you like. Um, yeah. 
you know, because I had the website and I had the base anyway to, to promote it, then it, it was easier than I thought it was going to be to attract. You know, I mean, I got like players like David Gray, for instance. Mm. He entered, and I, you know, I saw his entry fee, and I just I nearly fell off my seat. Just thought, hang on, you know, this guy used to be a professional. What's he doing in this? Mm. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, people like Craig Steadman entered the first year as well. It's like, and you know, these are people who I've heard of. Now, I would never have thought that they would they would have been sort of interested in that level. But you know, that that's when I thought, hang on, like, you know, I might have some, I might be onto something here. Hmm. I mean, the amateur scene. We're talking in the UK here. You know, it, it was thriving for a long time, and then I think probably when the game went open in the early 90s and everyone sort of turned professional, it sort of hit the amateur game. It never quite recovered. And, you know, I've dealt with a few amateur bodies in my time. They're not always the easiest people to deal with. So how did you sort of find sort of piecing it all together and coordinating it so it didn't clash with other events and all that sort of stuff? That's really, really difficult and mm. it's getting more and more difficult because uh, it, it, it might be a little bit easier next year because of the PTC setup changing, but I've had to avoid the amateur round PTCs and full PTC events as well. So it's not just the amateur calendar that you're competing with, not competing with, but trying to be compatible with. And it's also like some of the professional tournaments now that all the amateur boys enter. Um, so that's, that, that was the biggest challenge. Um, you know, I've been lucky with the venues that I've used. You know, the ones that have been there from the beginning, like Leeds and Gloucester, have always been amazingly accommodating with me. People like Paul Mount have been fantastic. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I've been lucky because I've had to switch dates now and again, you know, at the last minute when I've realised that there's something on that I didn't take into account. So it's very much ha- having confidence in the fact that How did you find sort of dealing with the players early on? Because I guess you wouldn't have known any of them. And how did you find them? No, I didn't know any of them. Um, to be honest, I, I can tell you for now, I think I've had probably one problem in five years with, mm. with, with a player. Um, they've all been really supportive. And I think, I, I hope it's because, you know, I kind of treat them well and, you know, we look after them when we get there, you know, we give them treats. And, mm. and you know, I, talk, I mean, I've made a lot of friends uh, amongst players, you know, who, and also, it's nice when you see people like like Martin O'Donnell and Taylor going pro, and and you know, I, and, you know, they're friends of mine now. So you know, I've made a lot of lot of really really close friends out of it. Mm. So what what were the sort of things that, that early on went went right and went wrong? Were the, were the things that you sort of learnt from that, that you maybe felt you could have done better, or, or or were the things that maybe surprised you how well they went? Oh yeah, um, well. The first thing I learned very quickly, Dave, and I'm sure you'll know about this, is how disorganised some sneaker players actually are. <laughs> some. <laughs> they're, they're just they're an absolute law unto themselves, mm. some of them. You know, some of them are organised, but they're in the vast minority. Mm. You know, they're, they're things like, you know, I've, I've had people paying twice. I've had people, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're, I mean, what's the dress code? I, I, I can put it any more clearly. Everywhere I put it, but I still get asked every year by hundreds, hundreds of them. So, the, but by and large, they're great, and I understand why they're like that because they're, you know, they're good at snooker, they're just not very good at other things. Mm. I think the snooker players, you have to be very insular to play snooker. I think a lot of them are like that anyway. You know, they don't sort of come out of that zone they go into when they play. So yeah, they sort yeah. of need their hands held a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but I mean, in terms of the, what, what I've learned, I think it, you know, every year I, I kind of learn something new. Can't really put my hand on what it is, but I, I just enjoy it. And I, I've, always, I've always said that when I stop enjoying it, I'll stop doing it. But mm. you know, while while it's still up there, and I enjoy all the design of it, and, you know, the, the poster design and things like that. So while I'm still sort of got hands on that, then I'll, you know, I'll keep it up, and hopefully it'll grow again. Although 
this year because we've got such high prize money this year and we're going to struggle to grow it anymore, I think. But also, I mean, it's, it's a big operation. You know, you don't just have to hire the club. You have to coordinate everybody. You need referees and so on. I mean, did did you sort of... Did you appreciate what sort of undertaking it would be when you started? Because, you know, you have a day job. It's not like you, yeah. you have all the time in the world to do this. Yeah, I, d- I didn't appreciate what a big operation it would be. I think the, the main time is spent sort of in the background, sort of, you know, it's, mm. it's collecting entrance fees, chasing people who haven't paid, you know, what kind of thing which goes on in the background. It does take a lot of time up. Um, it was actually something you said struck a note with me very early on, and it is um, you do now and again get people who, for one reason or another, don't want to like you without having actually met him. And uh, sort of, you know, asking, well, you know, where's all this money going, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think something you said very early on to me was, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed to sort of to, to make some money out of this because mm. like, you're promoting, you're doing all the work. And there's not many people who would, who would work for nothing. Mm. Um, but to, I suppose to answer your, your question, yeah, the, the, the promotion side of things, it's like, it, it's, um, oh, sorry, I got a bit lost there. What was your question again, mate? Um, I was saying, what was I saying? Um, I think we're having a moment. Yeah, I can't remember. Let's move, let's move on. I'm sure. I'm sure people. I'm sure people rewind this. They'll remember. I was. I was kind of. Uh, I was kind of lost myself there. Uh, actually, you mentioned about um, making money. I mean, that, that's what happened to the Mike Watterson, of course, who took um, snooker to the crucible and basically set up the circuit as we know it. And of course, the minute the players found out, he, he, he himself had the nerve to make a living from it. <laughs> they got rid of him. I mean, it's actually we're serialising his, his story in snooker scene at the moment. It's quite it's quite revealing. Did, I mean, did, was there any sort of backbiting from anyone? Or, or, or Possibly not players. Maybe sort of the people around the players tend to be the sort of people who do that. Yeah, not not much. But when, when they did, because they were kind of like a dog with a bone, mm. you know, sort, of, sort of wanted to know how much things cost. I mean, you know, I'm quite generous with what I pay the referees. I pay, I pay for the venues. Obviously, I've got my own expenses because I've travelled to all the venues as well. Hmm. So it's you know it does mount up, um, and some guy was actually it was kind of really he didn't realise he was helping me out, but he actually sent me a spreadsheet. Um, it was on the second year, I think, about like what my entries were and what and, you know all this all this kind of all these kind of algorithms built into the spreadsheet, and it was so good. I thought I'll use this as a template for every year, and I haven't stopped using it since. You know, hmm. but he was doing it to sort of say, well, where's all this gone? <laughs> yeah, but it actually ended up helping me out. So you know, thanks to him. But that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, and, we're, and you probably found this out as well. There are so many people who want to do their bit for snooker. You know, I mean, going years back, Malcolm Thorne was a very important figure yeah. um, who ran a lot of junior tournaments. People like Janie Watkins and all these people who love the game want to contribute, but they they don't actually do it for money, and 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 they don't get a lot of recognition. And but there's a lot of a lot of them out there. There is, yeah. Um, you know, I met Janie a bunch of times when I was down in Boston. Mm. She's like a saint, you know. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I could be that dedicated, really, you mm. know, because I kind of dip in and out. I still do that now, you know. I, I kind of, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm addicted to snooker in the same way that someone like Matt is, perhaps. Mm. And, you know, I, I can easily take, you know, a few weeks out and I'm not bothered with it. And after the Classic and after the World Championship, I'll just probably forget about it for another, mm. another two months. Mm. Uh, Martin O'Donnell was the first winner, and then he, because he, he, the prize was free entry to Q School, wasn't it? That was the original prize. Yeah. And he got through, didn't he? He got onto the tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's when it really hit home, actually, because the look on Martin's face when he knew, because both the finalists stopped you school, actually. Mm. Martin got a bit more on top, PTC entries, I think it was. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, Martin's face when he got through to the final when he came up, you know, that, when I saw how much it meant to him, because he wouldn't have been going to you school had he not done it, because yeah. he, couldn't, he couldn't afford it. It was, um, it was a 
hundreds of thousands a thousand pounds back then. But um, that's when I thought, you know, this is actually something big for people. You know, it, 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 they're actually, and it, it's happened, you know, since. There's been moments when I just thought some things that some of the finalists and the winners have said to me, it, it just is such a big deal to them. And that, that actually makes me feel quite proud of it, really. You know, it, it, well, it did start out as a little little folly for me, but, it, you know, if it's helping the amateur game out, it's, you know, I, the feedback I get is that it is, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's good and it's, it, you know, it's, everyone's a winner, really. Mm. Well, but it, a sign of how it's grown is that just last year, the world champion, Stuart Bingham, and the legend, Steve Davis, they, they, they contributed to the, to the pot, didn't they? They did. Uh, they, they text, the two of them texted me just out of the blue um, and just offered £1,000 each. And, mm. You know, it was, a, it was a big big surprise to me, really. It was a, one of my sponsors pulled out um, for one reason or another. And I'd gone and, you know, gone on Swiss and had a moan about it, you know, like I do. And, um, and yeah, straight away, I just got a text from Stuart, who, who, who I've got to know, and you know, Steve, who, yeah, and his came to the caveat that I've got to leave him alone. But um, <laughs> and that's, uh, that, was, that, that was a big big surprise. And, and you know, I've had a, a couple of other sponsors come on board this year. Mm. And, and in fact, Dave, this is a little snippet for you. Every, every player in the finals this year will get a pair of socks. Okay. Yeah, from the sock shop. Um, who, I'm, who, who I'm working with now in Bolton. Oh, very good. Okay. They're very nice stocks as well. Right, excellent. That's good. But, I mean, to have da- Steve Davis, not, not even, I mean, the money's great, but for his sort of nod of approval, you know, yeah. the, I mean, any if Steve Davis says that something is legitimate, then it's legitimate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've got huge amounts of respect for Steve, and, mm. uh, and I'm not just saying that because he gave me some money. <laughs> I, I've, always, I've always thought he was a fantastic ambassador for, for the game and for sport in general, really. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, this is just you know, to me, it was just another fall off the seat moment, really, when that when that came through. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I, it's nice to have got to know him a little bit as well. Yeah. Does he get any socks? Uh, uh, well, he's not actually aware of the deal, Dave. So okay. you just edit that bit out. That <laughs> well, you can send some to me if you want. I'm running out. But anyway, uh, let's talk about this year's event because we're just coming up to the finals, aren't, aren't we? I mean, ha- ha- how's it gone this year? Is it, do you feel it's sort of growing every year? Yeah, I mean, obviously the prize money's um, through the roof this year, so that's that's great. Um, we've got some. We've already got a you know a great field. We were going to Gloucester again and, and on Easter weekend to get the final lot of qualifiers through. Uh, and yeah, there's already some great names in there. I mean, Leo Fernandez played really well, mm. and Sam Craigie played really well in, in Gloucester last time. I think we've had 20 centuries so far, which is more than we've had any other year, and we're still nowhere near the end. So. You know, that just proves as well that the, the, the standard is, is really growing, you know, and it's, you know, the, the highest rate is on the, the absolute tight pockets in Gloucester. And, and, and Phil, Phil O'Kane made that. He's, um, he's, he's, he's kind of a nuisance that keeps on hanging around me, but <laughs> he's, uh, he, you know, he, he's, he's got a one three four, which is, like, you know, fantastic. So we've had, I mean, Ollie Lyons had a one four five a few a few years back, and I don't think he's actually beaten that in, in, in play since. Mm. So, you know, we've had some real... You know, milestone moments, but this year is massively open. You know, I, I can't call it. It's, you know, they're all such a good standard now, and the people who get through all deserve to be there. So, you know, it's not one that's very easy to all at all. But also, it's good that the players, quite quickly, it seems, probably from the first year, understood that it was a, a serious tournament. It's not just a bit of a bash up. You know, it's, it's actually become a prestigious amateur event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still begging Jason Ferguson to give me a tour, yeah. but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I think they, they like the fact that they get a lot out of it in terms of publicity, and uh, you know, a, couple, a few of the players that have played, you know, through the final stage that we have the streaming and the live scoring and things like that, have 
have managed to get sponsors out of it. Mm. So, you know, people like Mitchell Mann, Jamie Clark, Sandy Lamb, and they, they've all done well out of it, just, you know, right on the back of the tournament because of the publicity that they've got for it. So, mm. uh, you know, that's always, that's fantastic, you know, because that gives them the next step up in their career. So, in terms of the future then, are you going to continue with this tournament? Do you have plans to maybe expand it or do something different? Or can, can you reveal any of this? Um, uh, well, uh, I, I, everything's a work in progress, really, Dave. I mm. mean, I, I, I can't think of a way that I can grow this tournament. Uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a quite a neat format now, which I, which I quite like. And, you know, I'd like to get to a point where we're sort of doing so, you know, something extra every year. So, I mean, I've got, I've got my, you know, half a mind on... on creating some kind of festival at some point. Right. To do that, I, obviously that's not something I can do on my own. I need a, I need a, a trusted a trusted team of people and I need I probably need a sponsor as well. So mm. um, but to get something that's a little bit more kind of um, a bit like the Pontons of old if you like. Yeah. With 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 a with a nostalgic nod but I think also updating what was becoming a very tired kind of you know, weary place really. Mm. You know, I, I, I'd probably like to do it somewhere else. Mm. And in terms of sort of working with amateur bodies, uh, how's that gone? Because again, I mean, I've had various dealings with with them, and let's put it this way: some are better than others. To be, to be honest, Dave, I don't have a lot of dealings with them at all. I mean, right. there was one guy at the English Association I was supposed to meet a while back, but I don't think he's there anymore. Hmm. And that, that's the first kind of dealings that I've had with them. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that that, that that we're you know in competition at all. You know, it's, it's like it would, it would be nice to coordinate. Sort of dates from the from the outset with them, but um, it, 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 let's just say it's difficult. I'll be diplomatic, Dave. It's difficult, you know. To, you know <laughs> I think they've got their own uh, things to worry about, and you know, I, I just need to fit in with those. Really. Yeah. And what do you get out of doing it, Tim? The, the, the tournament. I mean, is it just a sort of sense of satisfaction that you've, you've sort of made a bit of a mark in in the, in the amateur game? Yeah, um, I suppose so. It's like it's it, it, it's become kind of a labour of love now, really, and mm. it, it's nice. Like I say, when I see people. Um, who played in the tournament? And I mean, I, I, just funny things like you know, there was a there was a tournament. Uh, it was about a month ago. It was one of the qualifying tournaments. And there was eight matches in the, in the pro rounds, and um, and in seven of those matches, there were players who played in my tournament. So mm. you know, just seeing things like that and seeing that people are actually progressing, not obviously only as a result of my tournament, but it's it's nice that they've got that experience there. And you know, we, we try and make it as much like a professional tournament as, as we can on finals day. Um, and, and you know, so to give them a kind of feel of what you know what might be to come, you know. Mm. So yeah, it's a sense of satisfaction, you know. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just it's not, and it's it's a nice it's, to be honest, it's a nice way of socialising as well. Because like you know, um, I'm at an age now where you know, sort of, you know, lot, lot, lots of friends are dispersed all over the place. So you know, it's nice to come together for the kind of a social event as well. Um, so there's it, it, all sorts of reasons, you know. Like I say, uh, while I enjoy it, I'll carry on. Has it given you any wild ideas about getting your queue out again? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I think, that, I think that's best left where it is. I did actually get a get sent a free queue, but right. it's kind of only had about three uses. Um, and it's quite a nice queue as well, so I feel quite guilty about it. But, um, yeah. yeah, I know, I don't think, I think my, uh, my potting days are gone, definitely. Okay. Well, we wish you well for the finals uh, of the Stuka Backer Classic, but before we end, uh, just a, a couple of other things. Obviously, you write a, a betting uh, blog. I mean, what, what's, what is the sort of key to betting on snooker I mean is, is it that you have to follow it you know every round of every tournament really carefully study form head to heads that sort of thing what, what's the sort of secret of actually making money betting on snooker I find it now incredibly difficult Dave I mean mm. when, when I started 
I, I think it was a lot easier. That, you know, there was, obviously there weren't as many tournaments, but they were beginning. And I think, uh, it, I mean, it's luck, isn't it? You know, you, you, you've got if you've got a little bit of knowledge, I think you can make you can make money if you just specialise in one sport. If you've got mm. knowledge, I think. But a sport like snooker, like a one-to-one, maybe something like tennis as well, something like that. I don't know. But um, I think the minute you start sort of diverting your attention away and start doing football accumulators and betting on the horses and things like that, that's but that's when you start losing money. I think if you if you've got discipline and you've got a bit of knowledge, you know, it's possible. It's possible to make money. Other so I, I don't I don't bet anywhere near as much as, as I used to now. Yeah. It's like kind of a, kind of I've been there, done that kind of thing. Are there certain markets, though, within snooker that are more sort of favourable to, to making money, whether it's betting on frames or, or correct scores or whatever? I think I think handicaps are always quite a good way to go, mm. particularly in, in the longer matches, uh, which is why I'm looking forward to the, the world qualifiers, because that's when I'll... So that's a, traditionally, that's when I make the most money. Right. Mm. So, uh, yeah, usually usually the handicap back in there, but, um, you know, stay away from the accumulators as much as you can as well. Yeah. So, we're approaching the World Championship... Um, and uh, you know we, we, we're both of an age where we, we do remember the, the, the glory years. But actually, t- to me, they're still the glory years once you get to the Crucible. I mean, I was there recently watching watching the play, and, and it's you know it's still a, a magical place. What are your thoughts about this year's World Championship? Oh, I, I mean, Ronnie's got to be the person to beat, hasn't he? Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 hard to see past him, and in a way, that kind of spoils it for me. But he's so fantastic to watch that you know you, you just you just marvel at him, lately, but. I suppose it's, it's it, it, you know if he loses, then it's like it, I mean he's said himself, and he's got thirteen players that can win it. Mm. You know that's probably a conservative estimate like, if he's not in the mood. So I, I just I love going. Obviously, I'm very lucky now that Wilson and um, are accommodating me in the, in, the, in the media office and things. Um, and I, you know I, I just love the whole experience. You know it doesn't really like this kind of who wins it is a bit of an aside really to me because I'm, I'm not particularly a big fan of any player and you know I'm not attached to any player like some people are but um, yeah I mean it was great to see Stuart win last year and you know I, I, I'd always like to see an underdog I mean I, obviously I'd like Ali Carter to win because I, I probably know him better than any of the others so um, you know I'd like Ali to sort of shake off the, the, uh, the various health problems that he's had recently and just you know get his head down and win it I'm guessing you probably don't agree with Ronnie's view that the World Championship should be cut back um, I think he should be fined for that day. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I, I just know, I don't know where he's coming from there. You can't say that when you've won it five times, surely. You know, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. So, you know, he can stand on his own in a room and, you know, say who agrees with me, and it's to be on his own ten minutes later. So, it's just, you know, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just Ronnie, isn't it? It's just something to say. Mm. But you're excited about it. You're still excited about the World Championship. Oh, I love it, yeah. I love the qualifiers as well. Mm. I, I was saying to Matt the other day that I'd, I'd like to get to Swords for a couple of days to sort of soak those up because I've never been there. And in terms of the sort of circuit in general, obviously we know it's grown and grown, and, and there's a lot of snooker to follow. It, it, I know not everybody likes to follow all of it because there is a lot of it, and, and some people may feel there's too much, or it's just quite difficult to follow every result. But of course, you're writing a website, so I guess you, you sort of have to be across it, really. Um, kind of, because I'm not. Um, I'm not in the in the past. I've had um, sort of deals that are like 
partnerships with, with certain bookmakers. Mm. So they'd expect me to, to have an opinion right on it. So, but I haven't got that anymore. I've sort of shied away from that now because I'm more concentrating on, the, on, the, on my own tournament. So, mm. um, it, it, yeah, I, I mean, just I dip in and out again. But, I mean, I've got to give give it some attention, I suppose, just for, just for my own kind of, um, I suppose, my own... There's probably a syndrome for it, you know, that will say what this is, but it's just like I don't like leaving things incomplete on there, you know. Mm. Okay, well, again, uh, Tim, thanks for joining us, and uh, I wish you well for the uh, the finals weekend, and indeed uh, any sort of future projects you have. And thanks a lot for being on the podcast. No problem. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.